It's the official start to the festive season. It's the This Game Wear Gamers Gift Guide 2022, starring me, Chris, slowly enunciating every word because he messed it up last time, and... Me, Ashley! Hello! Much more natural in his delivery. I had to really say each up. word carefully because <laughs> I messed it up. Yeah, that's all right. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Happy Christmas. We're not the official start of Christmas, I'm certain that for anybody, not even myself or yourself. Th- this is, for me, th- doing this ep- episode like we've done the last few years, this is where Christmas starts here. You know, Is it really? Screw the Coca-Cola truck. This is the start of Christmas. It's in America, isn't it? Like, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, gobble gobble. So I suppose we're we're just a week behind there. Yeah. We kick Christmas off for everybody else. I, I'll yeah. accept that. Yeah. American can have its Thanksgiving. But it starts here officially for everyone else on the planet. You know, it's when this episode drops. That's where everyone goes, oh, Christmas is upon us. It's not a bad time to do it, really. It, it, as of recording, it's the 27th of November. So, you know, we're not too early. We're not too late. Just, just right. Yeah, yeah. It, I would say. Yeah, it, it feels, it feels Christmassy to do this. Like it just it gets me into the spirit. Good, good. So the, it's a Christmas gift guide. We're talking about things to buy the gamey person in your life, or yourself, if uh, that person is you, or recommendations to other people for yourself. Exactly. That's why I do it at the start of December. We always do a sort of a spate of Christmas themed episodes. This was the first one because if there's something we, we mention, then you've still got time to. To buy it. Yeah, Look exactly. Look at it, so, how kind. There are a couple of things that I have talked about um, the last couple of years that, well, one in particular that I've mentioned that I'm going to not include in my rundown of five things to recommend for uh, a gamer. I don't really like that word. I don't know why, but I don't. Gamer. Uh, but for, for a gamer. Yeah. Yeah. A gaming yeah. hobbyist. Is that better? Yeah. Someone what likes games. There you go. <laughs> Um, and one, I mean, I think I've mentioned it every single time we've done one of these, but it's uh, Xbox Game Pass or Game Pass for PC, or actually I'm now going to include PS Plus Essential and Premium in that as well. Um, and might as well just throw in a little bit of a Nintendo Switch Online as well. Apple Arcade. All of these subscription-y things. Yeah, Apple Arcade. Is there another one? I'm not sure. But well, I, I any of those that things. last year, so it's just worth a mention. Oh, there you go. Oh, are you... So I'm hopefully not going to uh, ruin any recommendations that you're making this year. Oh, you're I, not I, recommending any of these. No, no. Lovely. Because what I'm going to do is actually recommend them. But I'm going to do it now out, outside of the general oh, a little um, exchange of ideas. Yeah, because they are still pretty worth having, depending on who you are. Xbox Game Pass or Game Pass for PC or whatever they're, they're called. I think they're the ones that still offer the best service to value ratio. It seems to be that. But, seems to be the, the gift that keeps giving it. You know, when, when games come out, mm. now it seems to be go straight onto Game Pass. And you know, the, the, for the price of Game Pass, when you're getting these new games coming out, like it, it, it really does seem like excellent value for money. Yeah, I think it is, and that's why I wanted to uh, mention it. Uh, PS Plus is the new is a new service on the block and all that, but um, and, and I think it's been maligned to some extent by people who have had it, and and to some, I agree with some of it. However, for somebody that maybe hasn't had a PlayStation before or is getting into games now or or whatever, you've actually got access to PlayStation One, Two, Three four and five games through that service even at full price it's a hundred pounds for a year so it's less than 10 pounds per month for all of that i think it's it's very worthwhile you wouldn't even have to buy any games i i would say and that back catalog obviously it's not gonna be every single ps1 ps2 three four uh, title is it but a decent selection from each of those i'm guessing i think so yeah i think it's a selection it's the sort of selection that would let you cover a number of the goodies you know Mm -hmm. the best games um and then even a few sort of slightly less well-known but equally good things i'd recommend any of those i wanted to get that out of the way at the beginning good call so there's another thing that i wanted to get off my chest as well so um one of the things that happens with this uh when you're sort of thinking about what to recommend people um each year is that you come up with ideas that are perhaps they just don't make it onto your list and i've got i've got three um yeah. i co-opted hannah into this so one of okay. them is hers um i've got three that haven't made the list 
So this is almost like a top eight gamers gift guide for you then. Yes, but these ones I think are... Didn't quite make the grade for the final five. It's not even that they didn't make the grade. It's that they're so absurd that maybe they never were going to make the grade. They were good ideas, but flawed in, in multiple ways. So the first idea, I was thinking, you know, like these subscription boxes that you can get. And I was thinking like snacks, like a gamer's snack one. But but the idea of re- recommending a, a subscription snack box uh, of any kind made me a little bit sick because they're always overpriced and underdelivered. So I didn't really want to do that. My suggestion instead would be do one that's bespoke and you know like maybe make some snacks for somebody give them some give them some snacks make some snacks from i don't know devils on horseback but don't buy a subscription box if that's what you want chris is that what you want i just like the <laughs> phrase devils, devils on horseback i just think it's funny what is a devils on horseback or a devil on horseback isn't it a prune wrapped in bacon it's a prune wrapped in bacon yeah, yeah that's just, that's just, sounds like a christopher snack as as a concept the fact that someone came up with that i've never eaten a prune spot i don't know what they're like but then the fact that then someone they're saw nice. that and then thought i'm going to call it a devil on horseback just it, it 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 amuses me every time i think of it as a thing yeah i especially when you pair it with its meaty cousin the or the meatier cousin the pig in blanket the pig in blanket which sounds a lot yeah so nicer. you got pigs in blankets and devils on horseback have yeah. you seen that the, the ms ones last year they did all, all posh ones like so it was venison sausage and it was instead of like pigs in blanket Ugh. it was called like deer in a duvet and all this sort of stuff right unnecessary messing with a classic i think you're getting greasy fingerprints on your controller as well so maybe don't go that's for that. true yeah so if you are going to do the subscript if you are going to do snacks then maybe make greaseless ones. I don't know what they are, but, you know, dry crackers. That's what I'm recommending. Curly whirly, you buy them. Number two, number two idea that isn't going to make the cut for what I think is an obvious reason, right? So you're sitting, you, you're playing games, you're sitting in your room and uh, it's the height of summer or winter or, or autumn or, or, to be honest, spring, because the sun's always out and the sun quite often streaks its way yeah, into so your abode throws itself across your your screen and you can't see what you're doing so what do you have to do close curtains you have to close the curtains which means getting up off your chair going all the way over to the curtains pulling one going all the way other over to the other side pulling the other making sure that they meet in the middle in that annoying is, is right? your recommendation a litter picker then so you can do that from a, a stationary position no my recommendation if it had been more reasonably priced would have been a motorized curtain track that's what my recommendation was going to be <laughs> A motorised curtain track with a button clicker that, you know, like when you go into your garage and you've got an electric garage door like that, but you press the button from your sofa and all of your curtains close. That was my recommendation. Yeah, they do. That's the most first I couldn't find one for less than £400. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. A bit too expensive for our list. Yeah. Having said that, I recommended buying a PC last year. So, um, you know, it does more things than a motorised curtain track, though. It's It's a little bit... It's a little bit niche, that, isn't it? £400 to stop yourself from having to get up off the sofa. Yeah. Last one. This was Hannah's uh, contribution. One of one of several to the conversation. Hannah suggested, on the same vein, or in the same vein, a ring doorbell. We don't really endorse ring doorbells. Security flaws and all that in uh, inherent in the system. So don't really buy one. But And that's one of the reasons not to buy one. But a ring doorbell with a remote door lock and unlock button so that you know like if people turn up at your house and you're in the middle of something you can't pause well you can check on the ring doorbell who it is while you carry on playing then you can if they're allowed in you can unlock the door just let them in let some strange people into well not strange people some people into your house you mean friends you don't mean like the domino's pizza guy well actually hannah's proposal was you know like if you get a delivery of some kind or other whether it's from a an online store or maybe the pizza the pizza is a very good point actually you can just unlock your door from the sofa and they can bring it to you i wouldn't feel comfortable letting a delivery person into my house yeah i mean it's niche but lots of things are aren't they it costs too much security flaws as i say in these ring doorbells the fact that you accidentally or on purpose allowing companies to surveil you and your neighbors None of it's great, so not really recommending that, but it was, you know, a good idea. Hannah also suggested a drone that can go shopping for you, so, you know, the the ideas were coming thick and fast. Those three ideas paint a very clear picture of the kind of how how, uh, you and Hannah are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you made a good choice keeping those as honourable mentions prior to the list. Do you have any? 
honorable mentions. Do you have anything that didn't make your list? Yeah. Well, I initially did put Apple Arcade uh, down, and then I crossed it out. So we have kind of covered that ground there. Mm. No, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I uh, I didn't struggle. That's the wrong word. I just I found it challenging to think of five things to think to games this year. But I've I've covered some good ones, I think. So no, I've not got anything else I wish to shout out at the start. Okay. Cool. I'm always interested to see if we've come up with the same thing. Yeah, I don't think we'll have got anything the same this year. Because that's, that's happened. Has it happened both with the first year we both recommended the same set of headphones we've got on now? Yep. And also the same. Oh, controller. I don't have those on anymore. Yeah, but uh, they are here. I've got them here. They're right next to me. They're my. These are now my when my uh, batteries run out in my your beta headphones. Yeah, my secondary pair. My backups. I just dropped something down the side of there. So that that was nice and loud. Cool. Right. Well, I'm just going to I'm just going straight into it and uh, kick yeah, us off then. Number one. Number one. Number one is uh, a gift that you got me last year. I've mentioned it quite a few oh. times on the podcast over the course of this book. year. But it's it's a book. I always do a book recommendation as well. I think I do anyway. At least did last year. Anyway, it is Super Mario: How Nintendo Conquered America by Jeff Ryan. So this is a, a mm. book that Ashley got me last year uh, for Christmas, and I didn't get around to read until the summer. And it is amazing. It, the, this history of Nintendo just chock block full of interesting tidbits and history and little side stories and just creates this really clear picture of how nintendo are able to conquer america and it is just it's so well written such an interesting read like it's sort of thing that could be a bit dry a bit a bit um what's the word i don't know <laughs> give a, a me bit, some a, clues a bit heavy a bit stodgy but the oh, way, okay the way, oh stodgy yeah, yeah that's that's the one but the way okay. Jeff Ryan's written it, it, it's really engaging and very easy to read. And I think I read it in like two or three days and I, I've just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And as I said, I've mentioned it a few times in the last few months, but it is now whenever we're doing Nintendo or definitely Mario games. Uh, it's it's my go to kind of what, what anecdotes can I find out about it? Mm. it it's, it's so good. We have actually had um, in the last few weeks someone's contacts us on facebook to actually say oh what is the name of that book you've recommended a few times so i know there's at least one person who is going to be getting it for that's going to be listening to this episode that will be getting it yeah. for one of their family members and uh i think if uh, more people do then that's a great idea that book always uh intrigues me it it seems like a companion piece in a way to console wars yeah it it's <laughs> I think I've said before, well, I have said before, well, I read Console Wars uh, during the, while my wife was in labour, so I was quite sleep deprived myself. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, obviously I'm, I don't, I don't need With your my KFC. Pity. With my KFC, yeah. KFC and your so Console Wars. I don't remember Console Wars so very good, but the, but this book is really interesting in its portrayal of Nintendo. Actually, mm. we're going to, as an aside, um, I'm going to be coming to yours next week to record some episodes. Do you want me to bring it to, so you can borrow it? You can if you like. Yeah, yeah I will. Good. I'll put it in my bag. The other book that springs to mind, because you said about it not being stodgy, it's a, bu- it's a book about business, even though it's about games. And there is a tendency, I think, for business to seem rightly so quite boring sometimes there are books that book that trend hey hey and the other one that i would mention if you are into that kind of uh sort of narrativized history of business entities it's very niche very niche but uh disney war i don't know if you've read that oh no but i do like some disney so Disney Wars, a really good book in the same sort of vein as both Console Wars and How Nintendo Conquered America, all about Disney. So yeah, there you go. Cool. I've jotted the name Another down. one for your list. Mm, good. Right. Right. So you, to you. you started off. You started off on business. I'm. Uh, I'm going straight in for pleasure. Oh, it's like an insurance because policy. my first gamer's recommendation. Now I I debated whether I should put this as my first choice or my last choice oh if you because if you it's a, done some order to yours mine just random mine are all over the place they aren't in an order particularly but this one particular this one especially i was thinking it either goes first or it goes last you either say it and get out of the way or you leave it till the end and and it's like a little sweet sting because it's a little bit saccharine a little bit you know you know what i mean it's um it's time I, I recommend oh, time. Oh, that's a lovely yeah. recommendation. Th- that's the problem. That's the problem because it's, it sounds like really throwaway and ridiculous. No, no. And, and I'm aware I sounded quite patronised then. I genuinely meant that. So that's a lovely idea. I think back to being a child and I remember very much so wanting 
my parents to play computer games with me but they couldn't care less they had no interest like they they had so little interest that they wouldn't they wouldn't have even entertained the idea and i i don't carry it around with me like like a pocket full of sorrow or anything but i do remember it and i do feel like it would have been nice if that had happened so if you are a parent listening or if you are a sibling listening or or a friend or anything i would recommend somehow figuring out a way to give time spent with the person that you're thinking about buying to them now there are lots of ways to do it that aren't just like hey i haven't bought you a christmas present this year but i'm gonna come around your house you know that might not fly particularly well but i have seen before people who have created like little voucher Mm -hmm. books and I always think that's a really nice... I, I genuinely think that is... If you consider how to put those together, I think that they're a really nice way of showing someone that you care. And they might not cost you very much at all to put together. It might not actually cost you, in money terms, very much to execute with each voucher. But if you can think about how to present it correctly, then I think it can mean... It can be more meaningful, it can be more impactful, and it can lead to good things. Yeah. So... I'm recommending that. And that time you spend playing games with someone else, even just around their house, just chatting to them, that's like, I think you and I have spoken about this before off mic, about how men, like, have conversations, but there's always, like, there's, men don't just sit down and have a chat. They have a chat over a pint. Or, a podcast. Oh, or, yeah. Or a, a pint. Or a, a pint. Po- or a podcast. Or a podcast. <laughs> or, or while waiting for the big game to start or during the halfway of the big game or on the way back from the big game and just having that time to go around to someone's house and sit with them and just chat while computer games is a is a conduit for that i think is also very healthy as well yeah i think so i i'm not i'm not sort of talking when i say gamer or gaming or anything i don't think particularly of men to be honest, and, no. and I think that it's just as valuable for men, women, children of all ages. Well, I'm going to lurch from that straight into my second one. I'm going to rearrange on the fly. You said about giving time. I'm going to say something equally charitable. Money, but money for a particular cause. Um, I found out about a charity called Special Effect. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. I yeah. Special Effect, for anyone who's not sure, uh, they've only come on my radar in the last few months. I wasn't aware of them at all beforehand. So they are a charity who have a lot of contributors who are big in particularly the British gaming industry, but also around the world as well. And they ensure that people who enjoy games but have disabilities that prevent them from enjoying games in the way that Ashley and I and many other people would enjoy games. What they do is they they make custom peripherals or they make custom games mm. so that people, regardless of their physical ability, can still access these games. So, for example, they've done a series of eye gaze games, which I thought was absolutely incredible. I watched this video about this earlier, um, particularly with, with Minecraft, where they've enabled people to play Minecraft just with their eyes. Yeah. They... Uh, create different um, equipment to allow people to access games, different software that allow people to access games. Well, it's just such a, a worthy, worthy cause. So if anyone's listening and thinks, oh, actually, I, I, I would like to donate some money to a charity this year as a present, maybe from themselves or on behalf of someone else, then obviously there are many, many charities. And I don't want to sit here and say you should donate to Special Effects because there might be other charities closer to your heart. But if you were to donate to a charity, then... I, as a gamer, um, I think that would be a, a, an excellent cause to donate to. Yeah, special effect really are something special, and the the lengths that they go to to make gaming accessible for people is uh, is absolutely phenomenal. Um, they also, I'm sure, I'm not sure. That's why I'm saying I'm sure, but I'm pretty sure that they were instrumental in creating the Xbox adaptive controller. Oh, okay. Which is a more universal peripheral than than a lot of the bespoke things that they make for individuals. That um, and has opened up gaming to lots of people who have um, various different barriers to entry. The bespoke tools, the bespoke peripherals that they do make for individuals are absolutely amazing. Yeah, I can't really add anything more amazing than the eye tracking tech that they've used to make certain games uh, accessible so i'm not going to try but yeah i 
I wanted to do a bit of gushing alongside yours because, yeah, special effects are absolutely fantastic. Speaking, I suppose, in a way, about special effects, I'm doing some on-the-fly rearranging now. Um, My second one was going to be number three. My second one is uh, tickets to the National Video Game Museum. Oh, good call. Yeah, so the National Video Game Museum is based in Sheffield. It started off in Nottingham. Yeah, this this, um, this is a really good call. I I went to it uh, six years ago when it was in Nottingham and it's moved to to Sheffield now. And I I keep meaning to go uh, to take my daughter to it. I've not got around to it yet. and I'd actually forgotten about it. And this is, uh, I'd be interested to hear what you're saying about it because it sort of puts it back on my radar. Yeah, I work with a couple of people that used to work at the National Video Game Museum. uh, And they, I mean, they're lovely people in and of themselves, but they don't work there anymore. It is staffed though by lovely people too, as far as I can tell. It is a building as as most pla- as a lot of places are well uh, yeah it's a building in the middle of sheffield um basically on in in fact not even basically it is very much on the tram line uh in sheffield and very easy to get to whether you arrive by train or by car or whether you live in Sheffield and, and want to walk down there or, or bus down there. Um, it's very accessible right in the centre of Sheffield. And it um, has gaming history on show. So you go in to most museums and I think museums do tend to try and sort of get things that are inter- make things interactive in the ways that they can. But, you know, a, a lot of museums are working with things that aren't all that interactive to start with, like mummies and... and gold bars and stuff i don't really know well, unless you're in a scooby-doo episode in which case the movies definitely do come, do come to life true the national video game museum has in its favor the fact that the, the artifacts that it's working with are very much interactive so you're going to go to the national video game the nbm i'm going to shorten it now <laughs> you're going to go to the nbm and not only will you be able to see some really cool artifacts of gaming history but you'll you'll be able to play them so there'll be a SNES and there'll be, well, there are several SNESs. There are Mega Drives. There are arcade cabinets and arcade games like, you know, like the ones where you sit in the racing car yeah. seat and you actually, you actually uh, race that way. When I visited in Nottingham, I'm, I'm guessing this, um, I'm guessing this exhibition isn't there anymore because it was a while ago that I went. But one that really impressed me was one where it was like a Micro Machines game where this projector was on top of the ceiling and there were all these physical things on the floor. And you moved like the other, there were like balls, there were baseball bats, things like that. And then you control these cars that were video game cars, not physical real life cars. And they interacted with what was down on the track. So if it was, if you'd put a baseball or basketball in the way, then it would bounce, this this video game car would bounce off it as if it was actually really interacting with it in real life. And that was just incredible because you could adapt the track as your friend was racing around it and try and put them off or make it easier for them. And that was great fun. So yeah, NVM. NVM, as I said, was originally based in Nottingham. I just want to give a, a quick mm. shout out to the on the 17th and 18th of December, if anyone's listening and lives within England centrally. Um, on the 17th and 18th of December, there is a or the Nottingham Video Games Expo, uh, which I'm going to, which I'm quite looking forward to. Lots of retro gaming stalls. There's, there's people giving talks, um, merchandise, all sorts of stuff is going to be there. So while I was looking into the Nottingham Video Games Expo, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole of sort of retro gaming magazines. Mm. And there is a gaming magazine which was launched this year called Pixel Addict. Now, this is going to be quite an unusual recommendation because I'm going to recommend it despite not having read it at all. Right. But okay. I think it looks really, really good. It looks completely at both of our streets. And if you're listening to this podcast about retro games... I think it's something that you may well be interested in as well. I mean, you've just mentioned BBC and Acorn. I was reading about the the latest issue of this. So it comes out monthly and it's going on issue seven. And there's a big feature about gaming in schools and how, you know, when I was a, a kid in the early 90s at school, we had a BBC micro in my reception classroom and it was like the future was in my classroom. Mm. And then at home, we had an Acorn Archimedes computer and... I used to play a lot of games on that. That was my first kind of dipping my, my toe into gaming was on that Acorn Archimedes. So for this magazine to have an article about that kind of made me think, 
Ah, that sounds quite interesting. Now, it's available as both physical paper and there's also digital copies as well. If you're a bit worried about potential impact on the environment or wanting to that, get that immediate fix there, I think it's only £4.50 as well, which seems quite reasonable. The latest issue is out as well. It's on the, um, on the cover, but then it's actually um, selling for £4.50 plus postage and packaging. Exactly. On yeah. the internet. So, it, yeah, okay. The latest issue has also got a big feature about Rollercoaster Tycoon and OpenRCT, which we mentioned way back in yeah. our Rollercoaster Tycoon episode, way back in the early days as well. So it seems like there's a lot of um, crossing over between stuff that we've talked about and this magazine itself. So I wanted to give it a mention. It's something that I'm going to be looking into uh, buying at least one copy. I'm hoping they're going to have a store at the Nottingham Video Game Expo so I can talk to people about it a bit more. But it, it, it looks great. And uh, as I said, I think if you listen to this, you may want wants to give it a look as well. Okay, so uh, left turn. They've all sort of they've all sort of fitted quite well together. They've so far. really well so far. I think we did this last yeah. year where we ended up going quite a nice meander through, and they all linked up. So you're going to note you're shaking. Well, mine's a complete be. left, ninety degree left turn. We're going in a different direction to some extent, anyway, because my recommendation is what I'm actually wearing right now. This thing that that looks absolutely ridiculous when you're wearing it but is genuinely one of the greatest things that i own at the moment looks like a jedi outfit like a hood jedi hood yeah it looks it, it doesn't i mean the hood kind of does i suppose is it one of those is it a, a slang like, slang kit is that what right so you've got the idea this is an udi udi or udi or whatever you want to call it or yeah. as chris said i think there is another one called slang kit I think there is one called Huggy or something like that, which sounds like nappies in the UK, but we'll leave that to one side. Basically, it is a very nice, thick, warm, fleece-lined, wearable blanket type thing. And given... So my thinking with this is, first off, you can get them all sorts of different price points, depending on what you're looking for. I would highly recommend getting one that is as long as you can you can possibly get it, because then you can sort of, and as wide as you can get it, because then you can, when you're sitting down, you can sort of tuck your knees up into it and cover your whole body. Uh, and that's really cozy. I would also recommend getting one with cuffs, cuffs around the edge so that cold air can't get inside it. And... I would also recommend, so the UDI comes with a really big pocket. So all of that there is pocket. I'm sh- I'm showing you now. Sorry, I, I just blo- blocked off the microphone to do that. <laughs> Basically, the whole front of it is pockets. Basically, like a kangaroo's and pouch. But instead of going in vertically, you go across horizontally. And it's this that has meant that I am happy to recommend it now. Because... Oh, can, can you hold the controller within the pouch? Yes. Oh, yes, you can. Quite good. And... Now, I, I've always liked, you know, like game uh, playing games tucked up in bed or whatever with the cover over. But I've what I've often found, like, not often, what I've always found is that the weight of the blanket, uh, the weight of the duvet or whatever, interferes with the way I hold the controller. And I know that sounds, it maybe sounds ridiculous, but it's true. This doesn't have that problem. The pocket is pretty sort of open and there's not too much weight to it. There's certainly not a duvet's worth of weight to it. So you can pop the controller in the pocket and you can then pop your hands in either side of the pocket. As snug as a bug in a rook. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The pocket is quite well designed, I think, because the opening on either side is such that when you pop your hands inside it, it kind of closes up the openings. So you've got like a hermetically sealed pocket with your controller in there that you can that you can just play with no encumbrance. It sounds great. It really does. That's a, a really good shout. Yeah. Now, I don't want to I, I feel be... I feel toasty just thinking about it and just yeah. Just seeing you in that, it's it's warming my cockles. They look absolutely ridiculous. They genuinely look the most ridiculous. Has Hannah thing. got one as well? Yeah. Well, there you go. You could be ridiculous together. Exactly. What happened was I was looking for birthday presents for Hannah and was eyeing these hoodies up, kept going off the idea, then kept coming back to them, and then, and then was thinking, well, actually, I don't know if this is one of those things that I'm just, I want, and I'm now <laughs> thinking to, to get for Hannah. And like I try and avoid Mario that book. as best as possible. Exactly. Uh, I try and avoid that as best as possible. But I, the only way I could think to to sort of shook myself of the constant thoughts about it was to get us some. So I got one, and I also got Hannah one at the same time. And they are genuinely one of the best things that we bought. We we are pretty frugal with the heating anyway, and it has been a fairly mild year. But 
this thing I have been, it's been the middle of November, it has been cold, and I've been too hot in this. I've had wow. to take it off and cool down a little bit, and that's without any heating on at all. So, yeah, I, I can highly recommend certainly the Udi ver- variant, but I'm sure that there are other variants, other versions out there that do just as good a job. I would go for width, and I would go for length. The longer, the wider, the better. That's how I live my life. Right, on to number four for me. Uh, again, complete left turn from from that. I'm going to recommend something that's nothing to do with games, but kind of tying into what you said at the start, it's something you could eat while gaming. So, it's so no, non-greasy crackers? Non- just dry breads? No, well, it's, it's something... Yeah. Something my wife and I had uh, a, a few weeks ago, um, some postal food, you know, like your, your, your graze and your, and your Hello oh, right, Fresh okay. and all that, but, but it's not as better than that. So it's, it's Ding Dong Dim Sum, which firstly, amazing name for a company. So it's Dim Sum, comes in a box, you follow the instructions, you heat it up, y- you eat it, and it is absolutely incredible. We had this feast with all just just everything every single thing we had was incredible my mouth is actually watering while thinking about it and we had at the end we had these little these little custard buns it was a little sponge with a little bit of custard in the middle and they were just divine so the tangentially trying to link it to games it strikes me as something yeah. you could eat easily or someone you're buying for could eat while gaming because it's a little bit dim sum quite easy to pop in your mouth maybe on, on the switch you can have control in one hand one hand free to be feeding dim sum in one after the other um or or just as a, as a lovely presence nothing to do with games uh they're, they're great okay i mean i'm not gonna argue too much with it because this is just this is kind of the sort of food that i would happily eat well it reminds me of, of, of when we went shopping uh when we went out uh to york last year and you had a, a bowel bun and you were determined to have this bowel bun and you tracked it down and then you were just you were just on, on cloud nine with your bowel bun it was nice yeah. They are. That buns are tasty. Dim sum is generally tasty, although I have an issue with gyoza. But it might just be that I've never had good ones. But all, all I'm going to say, I'm not going to lay with a point. I'm not going to labour it, Chris. I think you know what's coming. It's not a game. <laughs> well, yeah, the gift, the gamer's gift guide version of that. Yeah, I'm. Uh... <laughs> Just not sure how happy you're gonna, how well you're gonna sleep at night having delivered that. I don't know. Oh, but it, then it's Christmas. Let me off, please. I'm letting you off. Thanks. At the same time, I've just put forward an hoodie, and you know exactly. That, I mean, who can argue with what people do in the privacy of their own home? I suppose. What is the name referring to? It's called Ding Dong Dim Sum. Is it? Is it referring to the fact that you microwave it? I assumed it was the the doorbell. You know, Ding Dong Dim Sum. Okay, cool. What did you th- what did you think? You I thought it was like it's the noise of a microwave or something. That's just ding. What is it? Ding. What sort of microwave do you have? Cool. What sort of microwave do you have that does ding dong? I'd be very confusing. Actually, uh, th- to be honest, this last year we've bought a few newish um, appliances, and every single one of them does a little tune at the end of its cycle of <laughs> our washing uh, machine does. It's ways. so jaunty. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. What? Well. I mean, this might be off mic, but what is your washing machine? Is it an LG or a Samsung? That's long. Why is it just going up? Everybody's gone now, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Okay, cool. I've, I mean, I've, I don't I can, know. I don't recognise it. I can feel I'm blushing having done that. What was? What does yours we must do? Have, <laughs> I don't know the tune off by heart oh. for some reason. Um, I clearly don't do enough of the washing, but um, it it definitely sings to me. Hannah says she knows it. She's not doing it. Oh come on! What? Should we? Should we move on swiftly? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. So okay. So this one. Okay. Yeah. So. This one, um, yep, this one might be a little bit cheeky, maybe a cheat. I can't remember oh, here we what go. I recommended last year. Pot, kettle, black. Is this your number four or well, number five? this is my number four. Right. It's very definitely game-related. However, I have certainly recommended it something along these lines um, it, before. So, 
you know, it might be a cheat, but it's also brand new. So maybe not a cheat because I'm recommending an 8-bit dope controller. But... But they have just this year, they have redesigned their controller. It's very different to, it's certainly in hand feel, in, in the shape of the shell. Very, very different. It also comes with its own charging cradle. And it, it's it been, again, as was the Pro Plus, the Pro 2, it's been touted as perhaps the best third-party controller that you can possibly have and actually in a lot of cases people have been saying this is the best controller you can get for a reasonable price you know uh, even even at any price there are the elite controllers and this new playstation edge controller that costs you hundreds if not a couple of hundred pounds controller jeez yeah so the 8-bit dough ultimate controller is the same price as any first party controller from nintendo xbox or or playstation because it comes in at 60 pounds full price that's if you pay the full price oftentimes it's lower than that but it's it's looks really have you seen these no uh, last last time i heard about the abit do though do, was that you showed me that there was a, an upgraded one which i'm guessing is the second iteration this sounds like the, the third one so I, I have no idea it's a complete from the ground up redesign and it's a lot sleeker a lot a lot fatter, actually. It's more in line with what you'd get from the Xbox controller, I think. But at the same time, it's I think it's got bigger grippers and more in line with the Switch Pro controller. So it's sort of a, a mixture of those two, the Xbox Series X and, and Switch Pro controller. So what's this called? I'll, I'll just Google that as I'm sure people listening. Okay, I was, uh, was uh, going to find it for you and send it to you, but you can Google away. So it's the 8-bit Doe Ultimate Controller. Oh, that is very Xboxy. It is so. Xboxy, yeah. But if you look, if you compare it, if you put it side by side with a Switch Pro controller, it's also pretty Switch Pro-y as well. It comes in a few different flavors, and the flavors tend to be about how connective it is. And I think one of them has 2.4G um, wireless connectivity, which allows it to connect, I believe, with the Switch, but also has Bluetooth. And I think in the bottom of the charging dock, it has a dongle for anything that lacks a Bluetooth connection. So even things that you can't technically connect it to if it's got a usb you'll be able to put the dongle in and and should be able to connect it with that there is another reason that this is a good controller to get and the reason is stick drift we have both had to send off our switch joy cons Mm -hmm. because of stick drift we've actually got one that's gone that i keep forgetting to send that is probably the third or fourth and maybe even the fifth really time that we've had wow. to send one away yeah um equally there have been problems with stick drift on the playstation 5 and obviously the playstation 5's not been out all that long and people were getting stick drift after six seven months i was reading actually incidentally not nothing related to this i was reading about why stick drift happens in these controllers and it's all to do with is it dust? technology that's, that's the not- reason i found when mine happened yeah, certainly not with that. That was one of the things that was touted, but they use potentiometers and the setup of the potentiometers is just, it's inherently flawed in so much as they, right. that there are parts that rub up together, rub up against one another and they wear down, they wear away and cause um, misreads and so forth. Right. They are rated. The ones that are used in the Joy-Cons, the ones that are used in PlayStation 5 controllers, they're rated for 2 million cycles. A cycle oh. is is brushing against the potentiometer. So every time you flick the stick, every time you move it across the face of the potentiometer, so every time basically you move it forward or back or sideways or whatever, that's a cycle. So you do that 2 million times and you will... Um, have surpassed the rated um, amount of time that can happen um, it with reasonable amounts of gaming in six or seven months because you will if you if you play two hours a day of a game that has 80 cycles a minute you will reach two million cycles in six or seven months yeah it's interesting so they're not really made mine happened to last uh must have been four years almost to the day after i got my switch mine happens but think mm. about if it was dust like that would surely happen if the switch had remained unplayed but my switch very much is played so the two million cycles makes a lot more sense yeah there are a lot of different 
other reasons, but this is what they're slowly coming to the conclusion of that the, they're using these they're using these sticks with potentiometer technology in, and it's causing problems. Now that's why the eight bit ultimate controller is a good buy because this does not use that same technology. It uses something called Hall Effect uh, sticks, joysticks, Hall Effect sticks instead of using potentiometers and brushing. Um, things up against the potentiometers they use magnets so there are magnets spaced around the controller and then the stick moves a magnet and that then creates a differential in the magnetic fields of all the magnets that tells the controller where the stick is being moved that's very clever yeah there is no connection there is no like friction between any moving parts so theoretically they shouldn't really die they certainly shouldn't die from any kind of um wear or and tear obviously magnets do degrade over time but they're going to last a heck of a lot longer than the two million cycles of potentiometer so the the ultimate controller has these hall effect joysticks and it's 60 pounds normally you would find those in much more expensive controllers that is the long version of why the ultimate controller among other things, but that is one of the main reasons that I would highly recommend the Ultimate Controller. Well, it is a great controller. It's, it's one that I, I still use for, for my Switch more than the Joy-Cons themselves because it, it, it's so comfy as well. It's just, it's such a satisfying controller. Yeah, the Pro 2. That's the Pro. You're talk, well, you're talking about, about the Pro, the Pro Plus, which uses yeah. the same shell as the Pro 2. Oh, yeah, the Pro well the Plus, curve. the Pro 2 are fantastic. I think the Ultimate Controller, by all accounts, is going to be the pinnacle the absolute yeah, big daddy the, the one to recommend yeah absolutely that went on a long while i'll have to try and cut around that what's your number five five my, my number five five is uh a game but not, not what not a game game i'm talking about a, a, a card game oh no that's okay it's games games gift guide you recommended board games last year, so... I did so, recommend board games. Yeah. Was that last year? I don't know. Uh, maybe the year before. So it is a game... I think I might have recommended Stardew Valley, the board game. So Possibly, yeah. Uh, Game-related. It's, it's a game my daughter got uh, a couple months ago for her birthday, and I think it's essentially Uno, but it's a really nice version of Uno. It's called Peach Snaps. Okay, I've never heard of it. Are you trying to get your daughter into drinking, are you? Possibly. Peach Snaps is, um, you've got, it, it, it's a peach-themed version of Uno. You've got the different colours, uh, the different amounts, and the uh, symbols are all peach-themed. So you have you have whole peaches, there's halves, there's quarters, and there's tins. And it's just, it's really fun, and it, it's 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 just great. And I can't imagine it's that much money. I've not actually checked, but I imagine it's probably about 10 quid. And uh, it's a really, really fun game. And I just wanted to end on that one, because we've always, as I said, we always recommended games, and... That seems like a good one, as maybe a potential stocking villa that I think is a real good time. Uh, cool, good. Um, I mean, I don't really actually have any problem with um, recommending Phew. something that takes you away from the screen. So, yeah. like, everybody needs a little bit of time off, don't they? So, um, yeah, might as well go play a game on a table. So, oh, I'm just having a look on, on the internet. There's a couple of websites. It's, it's six pounds on Zatu. It's uh, although, mm-hmm. no, nothing. Right, not Chris is Chris is having an issue because he ordered a, a computer game from Zatu, um, and he was talking to me about how Zatu's like this tiny little independent <laughs> from Norfolk Tan, and <laughs> and he hadn't told me that it was Zatu. Um, it, he had a problem with the game. What was it? It was um, it wasn't My me. Little Pony. Yeah, it was my daughter, not me. Let's just make that perfectly clear. Chris had a, a problem with My Little Pony game because it was very, very short and very, very bad. And um, he bought it specifically off Zatu because he was trying to support the indies, like a little independent shop, gaming shop in Norfolk. And he was telling me, oh, it's really bad. I, I, I need to send it back to this little independent. But I feel guilty because they're a little independent. And I think they're going to cause a, a bit of a fuss because I'm trying to send this game back. And he went, I said, what's it called? What's it called? Because I wanted to Google it. Oh, it's Zatu. Zatu. I've never heard of him before. It's just a little, little independent in Norfolk. But it was Zatu. And they're massive. They sell, they sell board games out the wazoo. Well, One of the biggest board game sellers in the country i didn't know that 
So, I know. I was, it, it's a good. I complete, it was great. I, I really enjoyed ignorance. it. Yeah, I know you did. You you loved it. But it anyway, meant, I mean, yeah, I can't remember what we were saying. Zatu, you can get off Zatu for cheap. You get Zatu for six pounds, or it's about a tenner off other websites. I know what I was going. What I was saying that for because you made a a gruff noise about oh Zatu. I did. It brought it all flooding back. PTSD. Yeah, Zatu's fine. Chris has got beef. The last thing then, um, you've recommended more off time, more games, more fun, more enjoyment. I'm recommending education. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, we probably should have done them the other way around because maybe this isn't the way to end things. But um, I'm recommending uh, Raspberry Pi. So a Raspberry Pi, for anyone that's not in the know, is a little um, a little board, a little electronic board that you can learn you can use to learn to program you can do you can do lots and lots of different things with it and there are lots and lots of different um resources on the internet over over the normal suspects the usual suspects youtube and reddit and raspberry pi's own community pages websites that allow you to build like a little mini computer and then using the Raspberry Pi board and then use that to learn various different programming um, skills. Depending on which one you get will dictate what you're able to do with them. One of the things that I know that they're very popular for are building little emulation machines. So you actually build your own little very tiny computer that you can then emulate games that you own on. If you are to do that, you are, you would want the Raspberry Pi 4 board. That's probably the best one which you can uh, for that particular purpose, which you can get for £40. There are also other different types of board that can be in it that can be used for other more bespoke um situations. My friend who used to work at the MBM, um this year there was a game called Trombone Champ that came out. Oh yes. I don't know if you're familiar with Trombone Champ. So he saw this game and the first thing he thought, being XMBM, I guess, helps a lot here. First thing he thought was, why don't we mock up, not even mock up, why don't we attach a Raspberry Pi board to a real trombone so that you can play Trombone Champ using a trombone? And he was he rang his friend, who does a lot of the engineering bits, I think, at the MBM, and um, he was getting this ball rolling on doing this and then the next morning somebody had already beaten them to it on the internet and um, I think using a Raspberry Pi. I know people who have used these to water their plants in their nice. in their um, greenhouses so that I, and I and lots and lots of other situations so it's not just about doing gaming you can you can turn them to all kinds of different things but the basis of it all is being able to learn how to program them and i think for a lot of people who play games it might be interesting for them to then get their hands stuck in and learn how the machines work that they use to play those games and then also maybe even how the games work how you might program how you might create your own games um my understanding step from here of them is that is that they're, they're designed to make as you said coding accessible so that anyone any any layperson can understand okay mm. that's how games work i've just had to look because uh, when you start talking about it, it triggered a memory um i think looking at the raspberry pi foundation on wikipedia i think there's quite a bit of crossover between the people who created this like david braben is a name and i'm fairly sure he cropped up as one of the key contributors towards special effects so i think there's an element there of, of him and a few other people trying to yep. make gaming as accessible to as many people to as broad a range of people as possible. And I think Raspberry Pi should be commended for that. My understanding, rephrase that, my knowledge of Raspberry Pis is that, as you said, they can be used for so many things. They're so versatile and I think they're great and they're absolutely brilliant. It's a, a very good shout. There is another thing. I, I It's just occurred to me that I, I've just remembered it, having talked a little bit about the Raspberry Pi. Uh, this year, just early this year, I was talking to somebody who makes games he had worked on a platform a new platform called richcast have i talked to you about richcast no sir so raspberry pis will let you get into the guts of programming and creating the hard uh, and the hardware of um of games creation uh, richcast is 
a narrative platform. It's created by two people that you will be familiar with, the Oliver Twins. Oh, yeah. Dizzy. Yeah, exactly. And so Richcast, they created Richcast to make game creation accessible, make storytelling accessible. Richcast is a platform that you can access through a browser. And it's sort of like... it. it it kind of works like a snap in, like a snap together programming storytelling tool. So you can take different parts that do different things and and jam them together, and then create scenes that then play out as a game, or that can play out as a game. You can also use them to make non-game narratives as well. If you were interested, not so much in the technical stuff, but mm-hmm. more in the storytelling thing, maybe Richcast is something that you can look into as well. I don't think it costs money, though. So buying it for somebody isn't a thing, but recommend it to somebody if you can. Exactly. Spreading the word. Spreading the word. So yeah, Raspberry Pi and then as a side gig, uh, Richcast. Cool. And that's that. That's That's our gift guide. Well, what a wonderful set of recommendations. Mm, Quite a lot packed in there, isn't there? There is. If anyone actually does punt for a motorized curtain track with remote control (laughs) uh, for opening and closing, do let us know, (laughs) because... Because we're just jealous. I would be jealous, very jealous. Yeah. Also, let us know if anything we recommended uh, floats your boat, maybe for yourself or for someone in your family, um, someone you love, uh, because we'd love to know if actually, you know, how impactful these are and uh, just the fact that we're spreading the word of these to see how how far we're reaching. Yeah. And your recommendations, if you do have recommendations, Mm. drop them on the podcast, uh, podcast pages, like on twitter maybe not twitter because it might not be by thursday or sunday whenever this goes out but certainly facebook and uh instagram and youtube youtube yeah one of them we'll find it and disseminate it as best we can cool is was that a good way of doing that i don't know it's it's fine it's happened now it only remains for me to say thank you very much for listening and uh we'll, we'll see you next week for a festive episode so we'll be doing over the next couple of weeks we'll be doing bringing games that have something some sort of link to christmas for us in some way um, and then moving into our last couple of christmas episodes before the new year how exciting happy christmas enjoy uh, december whether you listen to us or not thank you for sticking to the end and we'll see you next week bye bye bye